Welcome to the Unsupervised Mom Podcast, a weekly conversation about the grins and grime of single motherhood while learning to navigate it God's way. I'm your host, Javon Brown, Christian leader, educator, business owner, and most importantly, mom. I'm not a single mom expert. I'm an expert at being the type of mom God has called me to be. And so are you. I know that God wants us to excel in everything we do. And this includes parenting, even while going at it seemingly unsupervised. For more insights and inspiration, follow the unsupervised mom on Instagram and take this journey with me. While I hope you love listening to and learning from the podcast, it is not meant to be a substitute for a relationship with a Christian pastor, counselor, or physician. My daughter sometimes asks me really hard questions. Am I competent enough to answer them? Yes. Do I have the capacity to address them? Sure. Do I want to? Not always. The questions seem to come from here, there, and everywhere. And yet I've created space in our relationship where she feels comfortable asking about the things that are nestled somewhere in the deepest parts of her little big heart. As mama, it's my job to not only protect what through her ear and eye gate into her heart and try to take residence there, but also to protect what stays there because I left it unanswered. I learned how important it is to navigate what seems to come from here, there, and everywhere with intentionality and care because we tend to be the closest individual to our children, to their experience of God. We have the ability to define for our children the here, there, and everywhere in order to establish what emotional safety does or does not look like and how God always makes himself available as our safe place. So it's important to model that. If we create an environment where emotional safety is not established and the here, there, and everywhere is mishandled, they can potentially grow up with a thwarted view of some aspect of God because of their experience of us. So I was picking up my allergy meds from our local pharmacy and instead of going elsewhere, I thought it was wise to pick up some greeting cards for my father for Father's Day and save ourselves a trip to another store considering we were both kind of tired from the rigor of the day. I paid for my allergy meds and headed straight for the greeting card aisle when my daughter stopped me in my tracks and gently asked, Mommy, do you know where my father is? Oh, did she really have to ask me that like right now? Smack in the middle of the aisle with me having no clue where the question came from. Was it because of the card search? Was it because she knew Father's Day was coming up? Or maybe it was because of the little girl she saw getting a super rich hug from her dad at the end of her school day. Truth is, although my mind was already racing here, there, and everywhere, she had every right to ask questions about her own bio dad. I mold over how to answer it because it's important to be honest and say what will cause her to maintain a healthy, child-friendly perspective of her father, devoid of my own adult experience, and ensure she can properly navigate a very hard truth that a child should never have to charter. Answering responsibly is vital to the health and wellness of your child. When we answer their questions irresponsibly, we are also communicating that there is an unaddressed breach somewhere in the relationship we either have with ourselves, 
that other individual and possibly with God that really is none of their business to, to be privy to. So answering responsibly, which means being willing to sift through our own here, there, and everywhere is the only option if you want to maintain the integrity and power of Christ at work in you. So I gathered up every bit of responsible vulnerability I had in me while in a public space and learned, leaned into those big brown eyes saying, I want you to know that I would never say anything to hurt your feelings or spirit on purpose. And sometimes the truth behind the thing, however, makes us feel a little hurt or sad. While I have an idea as to where your father is physically, I don't have insight as to where he is in mind and heart. And sometimes when other people are not consistently present, they show us that they are not interested in being present. So instead of focusing on who is absent or who has decided not to show up, we should hold tighter those who are here because those are the ones who want to share their lives in love with us. And love that comes from God does not hurt. Remember, God honors you with his love. Do you understand what I'm saying? I was a little nervous. I was a little shaken because I really did not know what to expect of her response. She stared back at me and said, I understand, mommy. You can control what other people do or don't do. And I have a lot of people who love me like God, you, grandpa, my aunties, and my godmom and goddaddy. I swear every aisle in that store melted under my feet because not only did she understand what was so hard for me to say out loud, but I felt a beginning acceptance and cognition around her own sort of here, there, and everywhere all at the same time I was still processing my own. It was not only important that I did not disclose my personal, all the factual experience of her bio dad, but it was very important that I protect her view of him knowing that she gets to develop her own surefire view and experience of him when that time and opportunity comes. If and when it ever does, I can still approach God's throne of grace knowing that I did not spend her life talking or projecting ill of someone who makes what they deem to be responsible decisions. Mamas, many of us are single mamas because we had a partner abandon ship. That's just a reality. They may have exited a conception, pregnancy, or during the early stages. They may have also jumped ship later on, and it was left to us to take on the full responsibility of raising a child in this cold, ransacked world. The difference is that while we may not wish this type of single parenting on anyone, and I say type because there are many other types. Some are single mamas because they've unfortunately lost their husband. Um, others have decided to go down another health route and have decided on a donor by choice and are not interested in partnering in order to parent a child. And some have in the process of a loving relationship conceived and lost a partner to death in the process, a type of separation that's beyond their control. So yes, there are different types of single parenting, but we have the authority of God at work in us while we are navigating the type that we are in. We have a way of approaching motherhood that will and should always vary from how the world approaches motherhood. And that includes answering hard questions. Because we are daughters of God, and not daughters of the father of lies who saturates the atmosphere with much of here, there, and everywhere that has the potential to distract us from what God says about us in the midst of single parenting and what God requires of us while single parenting. So what here, there, and everywhere am I really talking about? 
we can also kind of look at that as noise or nuances of mommyhood, single parenting as a mom. One of those noises or nuances would be the story behind the pregnancy. There is this incessant tie to the story of the pregnancy and post the pregnancy that does not seem to ever leave well enough alone. I mean, the kid is now here and we're reminded of how they got here simply because it all started with a pregnancy. The pregnancy story may have started out as a beautiful one or maybe a fairy tale in a book of nightmares, but either way, when you are going at parenting seemingly alone, the pregnancy story rarely gets the Christ credit it deserves because Christ was not necessarily involved in the way the child got here, especially if it was rooted in sin. The sin and the residue of sin is the noise that I'm referring to. The resurgence of see how she or he got here. You must feel really shameful to have gone about it this way. How long do you think it will take you to get what you wanted to get done now that you are raising this kid by yourself? Imagine how much further you would be if you were not a single mom and the dialogue goes on and on and on and spins like a broken record of some shameful plug of a commercial that you did not sign up for. Even if your conception did not involve Christ, there is an opportunity to involve Christ in how you parent. God's love for you covers a multitude of sin, which also means that his perfect love has the power to silence the story you may have allowed to spend too much time renting space in your mind. God teaches us in Matthew chapter 6, verses 14 through 15. For if you forgive others their trespasses, your heavenly father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive others their trespasses, neither will your father forgive your trespasses. The others that we must forgive are the ones who abandoned and have remained absent. They are the ones who have jumped the ship, the ones who have pretty much left the scene. It's not an easy decision to make, but forgiving frees us of a narrative that does not belong to us once we surrender it all to Christ. The other others we must also forgive are the ones listening to this episode. Yes, you, me, and the rest of us who come together to have to unpack the single parenting journey. We cannot expect the noise of the pregnancy story to have less of an effect on us if we do not insert self-forgiveness as an antidote to attack the toxin that is the noise. My decision to forgive is not a commitment to forgetting. It's a decision to be free of someone else's narrative control intrinsic control over how I view my capacities in both tragedy and triumph regarding a decision we both, even if indirectly, made together. It's also freeing myself of their subconscious hold on my life and approach to mommyhood. And in this freedom, I am able to operate fully and completely in Christ who governs my liberty. Another example of here, there, everywhere is our tendency to co-parent with the noise and not Christ. When we fail to commit to a process of forgiveness, it prevents us from getting a handle on the noise. And we instead displace the authority of God's truth that helps us to do so. And instead of parenting with God's truth and heart and mind, we co-parent with the noise. If shame, guilt, or embarrassment or any of your pregnancy experience, as it was surely mine, you begin to parent with those at the forefront of your mothering lens. Some examples of this may be that 
You become hypervigilant about how your child dresses, speaks, engages with others. It can also be the way you choose to communicate with your child so as to develop a thing that helps them in the long term, avoid a thing that you don't want to happen to them, or break a thing that has held you or your family back in areas of growth. You could not get me out of the house without my daughter looking a certain way. Because while presentation was important to me, and it should be, I harbored the notion that her presentation was a reflection of my status as a single parent. If I, for any reason, which was not too often because of, thank God, my supportive village, could not adequately provide resources for my daughter, you couldn't tell because I would find ways to ensure you did not know. But it was out of the fear that you'd pile that judgment on top of the judgment I already carried in being a single mom. I carried extra everything with me because I also carried extra noise and held on to the fear that were I to ever be in a situation where I did not have enough for my daughter, such as formula, clothing, or otherwise, in my mind, it was not a reflection of poor planning, but a glance at what I feared, and that was poverty. And it was also a glimpse into the thought battle around scarcity. For some, These examples may sound extreme, and while I am far from being an extremist, I was just not operating in the abundance that Christ calls us to. It's challenging to do that when you have noise at your bedside, noise in the middle of the day while trying to get some some sleep, noise when you want to pray, noise when you're driving from work, noise when you're preparing dinner, or noise when you're trying to study. And let's not forget about the noise when you're getting you and the kids ready for bed just to do it all over again the next day. It's all noise, and it lays next to you like an uninvited mosquito bite or like an absent parent. And the noise gets louder when we say its name and are able to take a good hard look at our relationship with it. Or maybe that's the perspective that has kept some of us from naming a thing out loud. When in reality, naming brings to light the nature of a thing and also helps us to know what to bring to God. God is interested in the seemingly mundane in and outs of our days as single moms and he wants to be included in the portion he has given us described in the scripture as the day that he has made. The noise has the capacity to paralyze the second part of that reminder, which tells us to rejoice and be glad in it. How am I expected to rejoice and be glad in the daily height that is this noise? Who does that and does that well? A person who decides that no matter the calamity, the suffering, or difficulty posed, Christ is still at the head of their daily life. This is a person who has also decided who and what to co-parent with. 2 Corinthians chapter 4 verses 8 through 9 teaches that we are afflicted in every way, but not crushed, perplexed, but not driven to despair, persecuted, but not forsaken, struck down, but not destroyed. So affliction, complication, being ill-spoken of, and taking the hard hits are not devoid of the Christ-centered life. Christ himself encountered all of these. And I know the same is said, well, he was God, so of course he withstood them. But the truth is that he was 100% God and 100% man and felt them the way we did in order to show us how to overcome them. The governing reality must also be the other side of the scripture that details how although we may be confronted with challenges, 
We are not violently subdued by the enemy. We are not incapable of bouncing back. And we are not left to rot in our own wilderness because God has given us authority to tread upon the noise. He has given us the capacity to lack nothing while doing so and become profound at naming what the difficulties are just so we can dig up the ugly roots and extinguish them from choking out the abundance that God wants us to live in. Let's take a look at one final example of here, there, and everywhere. Our relationship with abandonment and absence. In order to shift our relationship with both of those, we have to remind them of who we belong to and why its residue doesn't fit where we are going. I've learned that absence and abandonment are not friends or colleagues. They do not meet up for coffee or go to the next best movie release. One is actually the parent or byproduct of the other. Absence is the byproduct of abandonment. Absence is manufactured by abandonment. Absence is only felt after abandonment has first happened. Abandonment is a course of action that follows someone's decision to be absent. But absence in and of itself is not experienced until someone acts on abandonment. So in hindsight, abandonment stresses a complete absence. An absence is therefore the result of someone choosing to stop looking after what they are responsible for. When we are in a relationship with abandonment and absence, we are tethered to someone else's waiver of responsibility. Single parenting has waived responsibility written all over it when it is a result of someone else's decision to abandon and remain absent. In order to shift our relationship, with both abandonment and absence, we have to invite God to the gap or gaps and renounce the narrative that a gap will continue to exist. I'm not saying we get to ignore the reality that an individual has decided to abandon their responsibility and leave us to handle everything on our own. But I am saying that you cannot allow the narrative to define your capacity to mother and your self-perception in Christ. Their absence is not your fault and they will have to answer to God for their decision to abandon and remain at bay. Their reasons for not being present for their children has less to do with the child or you, no matter what the narrative has been and have more to do with their own deficiencies. Those of which they obviously have not presented to and workshopped with the father. One who acts in abandonment and absence has not been perfected in Christ or subjected themselves to his desire to father them. They instead allow themselves to be their own orphans and out of covenant with Christ. God's word teaches us a few things about abandonment and absence, and the hope is that it will fuel you to approach single parenting from this moment forward with the confidence that it's not your duty to make up for what is not there, but to allow Christ to address both areas himself. First Timothy 5 and 8 says, but if anyone does not provide for his relatives, and especially for members of his household, he has denied the faith and is worse than an unbeliever. Say what? God is knocking the pins down with this one. If you are secure in your faith, trust that God has his own way of dealing with those who have denied the faith. You do not have to carry the weight of answering the hard questions God has already given an answer for. And instead of answering, you can answer with the confidence that you are doing everything in your power to show up as your full self in God. 
and your children will benefit from that for the rest of their lives. Psalm 37, 28 says, for the Lord loves justice. He will not forsake his saints. They are preserved forever, but the children of the wicked shall be cut off. Hmm. So God is not only thoughtful towards us and his plans face us, and he wants to ensure that the children who belong to them are covered, but God is also intentional. He draws closer to you on purpose and severs anything that does not serve him. And anything that does not serve God cannot healthily serve your child. As a saint, you are eternally protected and covered, and there is nothing you can do about this. While reassigning a new narrative and silencing the here, there, everywhere, you can hold on to the fact that God's love for those who belong to him is not tainted with conditions, but is unconditional and forever. Psalm 68 and 5 says, Father of the fatherless and protector of widows is God in his holy habitation. Your child is tightly knit in God. You are tightly knit in God. God literally places a habitation around them and adopts them as his own. So in hindsight, your child is not without a father and instead has a heavenly father making decisions on their behalf. It's humanly secure to have a natural father in tangible grasp and view and in partnership. But the scripture also references how God causes the fatherless to remain untouchable because of the barriers he places around them. The ones who have abandoned and remained absent are not acting on godly principles and must contend with God in order to make things right. Anyone who attempts to usurp the boundary that God has placed without taking on the responsibility of those covered by the boundary becomes an enemy to the father. Anyone who is an enemy to God is an enemy of you and your child. God will always keep those who have a signature written all over them. Proverbs 3 and 32 says, for the Lord detests a perverse man, but takes the upright into his confidence. A perverse man shows a deliberate desire to act in a way unreasonable or unacceptable, regardless of the consequences. In short, they don't care. So anyone who chooses to abandon and remain absent is a person who is not undergirded or shielded by the confidence of God. They are literally out of the bounds of God. Who wants to be there? If someone is choosing to be out of the bounds of God, they are also choosing to live a version of hell that I would not wish on my own worst enemy. So I share these scriptural nuggets with the hope that you will rid your reel of the narrative that stunts your growth and silence the noise that keeps you consumed by the grimier side of single parenting and instead give you the tools to help you focus on what God thinks towards you and your child in this single parenting journey. Also, you gain God's perception of the entire ordeal and have clarity around the consequences of those who do not take responsibility for their actions. God really loves you, and he takes on the duty of fathering you with your child's present and future in mind. He also fathers you with perfection, and alongside you will never miss a game, a recital, a bedtime story, a good conversation a stroll through the park, a visit to the zoo, a prom, a dorm drop-off, a college graduation, or an interview at their first job. God wants to extend his promise of his eternal presence 
and we get the opportunity to raise our children with this allowance and security. The reward for answering hard questions, shifting the narrative, killing the noise and changing our relationship with abandonment and absence is to preserve the integrity and power of Christ at work in us. It is to ensure that God's voice is a government that is louder than the here, there, and everywhere. This holds precedence over every very real emotion and every very real part of the single parenting experience that feels here, there, and everywhere. Jesus said it best. I have told you these things so that in me, you may have peace in this world. You will have trouble, but take heart. I have overcome the world. That's it for this week, but that's not all. If you have some ideas about what you'd like to see featured on the podcast, let me know. I have some sweet plans, but your input is welcome. Feel free to send an email to hello at theunsupervisedmom.com. Don't forget to connect with me on Instagram at theunsupervisedmom, where this important conversation is in full color. The official hashtag for the podcast is hashtag unsupervisedmomlife. I'm your host, Javon Brown, and I'd love for you to subscribe and tell your single mom friends to do the same. Go on over to Apple Podcasts and Spotify to download the show and catch the weekly episodes. I'm looking forward to our next conversation. And remember, Mama, you are she, seen, heard, and enough. I love you. And most importantly, Jesus loves you. Later, y'all.